With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99. Bedroom sets from $399.99. Dining sets from $299.99 and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Troy News is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casillo, and with me today is no one. Uh, no big deal. Things happen. And, uh, yeah, it is game week for those who uh, weren't on the site for the past several weeks, haven't been paying attention to the Internet, um, I've lived under a rock. It is game week. We are facing Rhode Island on Friday. Um comment as you will about the fact that we're not playing on Saturday, but you know what? It's uh, it should be an interesting game on, on Friday. Hopefully not too interesting. I think more than anything, what us you fans are really looking forward to is just seeing um, you know, the offense in a real game situation, uh, seeing how uh, Tim Lester's scheme plays out for itself, and then, you know, I think most importantly, um, and this will definitely be something we'll discuss on the site too over the game. Um, see, you know, Hunt doesn't need to be a master necessarily of this scheme, but he should be um, should be able to show himself at least, um, I'd say, eighty percent proficient in it. Um, at this point, he's had a lot of months to to you know study it, install it, and I think you know how well Hunt can run this offense, uh, which does seem like it works for his strength, um, is kind of going to, to give us a, a good sense of whether or not, you know, SU can succeed this year and whether or not SU can get to a bowl this year. Um, yeah, looking at Rhode Island, there is going to be some uh, some interesting um, in terms of Rhode, what Rhode Island can do um, points. I, I think that, you know, you have uh, Paul Mraz, who uh, I know we discussed the other day on the site. He, uh, He's a JUCO transfer, was named the starting quarterback. Um, we don't really know what to expect of him. It seemed like he drew the ball really well with JUCO, but, again, that doesn't necessarily mean much um, against that competition versus, you know, FCS and FBS teams. Um, more than that, I think the running game is really, really, really going to 
um, you know, dictate what Rhode Island can do that may not be great for them. Uh, you know, last year they had Lyle McCombs, they had Daryl Cooper. Uh, Cooper's back. McCombs is in. Uh, James Caparell uh, played quarterback for most of the season, and he was uh, very mobile. This now falls directly on Cooper. Um, Michael Burke and I both kind of broke down. Um, maybe not the scheme necessarily, but um, it seemed that when Cooper was involved, things were more successful. But again, uh, you know, he is a little undersized. He's about 5'9", 185. Um, it's not a huge back, but he has some speed. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to uh, to employ that by himself, being now the primary back versus a guy that was running with McCombs. Um, Syracuse Sanchez probably a little associated with McCombs, who, who uh, used to play at UConn um, for at least a year while we were still in the Big East with them. So uh, that was a familiar face, uh, not anymore, however. Um, whether or not Rhode Island's offense can actually get going uh, will be largely dependent on, I think, Syracuse's uh, defensive line. It seems that uh, John Raymond is back um, and should play, though I'd assume he's going to be a little limited. I know he's been limited in, uh, in camp this far. Uh, same goes for Ron Thompson, who I know everyone was about to have a heart attack seeing him in a boot um, over at FanFest uh, back in August. And now um, it does seem that uh, he'll play. He's good, boots off. But um, because he's not really in game shape just yet uh, and missed some of the key parts of camp, um, at least in terms of action and, and you know training, et cetera, that he'll uh, he'll definitely be. I, I'd say I'd be surprised if I saw him win more than you know 30% of game snaps. Um, again, it is Rhode Island. It's not as if it's Florida State, LSU. Um, this is a game that, you know, knock on wood, Syracuse should be able to uh, pull back a little bit and you know not necessarily feel like it has to be firing on all cylinders for the entire game. So, you know, employing Thompson, Fox is getting him back at the game speed, um, just getting him readjusted to everything. That's really uh, what we want to accomplish there. I think same with Raymond also allows for, again, this is assuming Syracuse can put this game away, um, it allows for, um, you know, some of the younger guys to get some valuable game reps. I mean, you're going to see guys like Caden Samuels and uh, Stephen Clark uh, jump into the game early. Um, and often, all season, I, I think it's good to see, um, you know, them get some good playing time against, you know, even if it's a lesser opponent. Just getting used to the college game, understanding that, um, like, the nuances of it, and yes, it's an FCS team, but the speed, um, all of it is, you know, something worth taking a look at um, and something worth, you know, just doesn't seem like much again, but to turn into something um, when we look later in the season, uh, if God forbid injuries occur, uh, you look at these guys and say, okay, like now that they have experience, now that they can jump in, now that they have, um, you know, the background on, you know, how they're going to be attacked at the college level, um, you know, by opposing off of the line, it is great experience. And that goes for any position, really. Um, I think this game should give us a lot of great um, insight into you know, who's ready, who isn't, um, and who might be able to jump up later in the year. Um, something very much appreciated. Speaking of someone who's jumping up, um, Seamus Shanley. Uh, it was kind of like the big news uh, late last week, getting into this week. Uh, you know, walk-on, senior, offensive guard. Um, 
managed to beat out Aaron Roberts um, and, you know, managed to get his name among the top five uh, linemen on the squad right now. Uh, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, but some people are a little worried, admittedly. I mean, he's a walk-on. We do have a lot of scholarship offensive linemen um, hanging around. And I think some are a little concerned that, you know, a walk-on was able to beat them. But, um, you know, the fact that he's been there, he knows the system, he knows a lot of these players, uh, he can provide a good amount of leadership. Um, I think this is uh, going to be a heavily scrutinized game for him, um, even though it's against Rhode Island, even though it's the first one. Um, I just think that, you know, if he does really well, I think people are going to, uh, you know, say that Schaefer and Adam did a great job um, and and really, you know, uh, made the right choice of talent. Not obviously much different uh, conversation. I think, too, you know, even praise for him, this game might be couched by some. Um, I'll give the guys due. Um, I do want to see him in, in game and on. I'm going to reserve, uh, you know, my own judgment until I see him uh, play it out. But definitely something to watch um, if SU is going to be running um, on the interior. I know we haven't seen a ton of it um, in recent years. That should change this season, but we don't necessarily have the backs to do it this season either. Um, everybody's kind of hanging around at like 5'11", uh, 6 feet tall, and about 190 to 200 pounds. So no one's really all that uh, – stay big um, and, you know, is geared to run between the tackles. So take that for what it is. Um, obviously, Rhode Island not necessarily huge up front um, on either side of the ball, um, which should, you know, hopefully help us you out, especially um, the defensive end where, uh, you know, Schaefer's, Schaefer and Bowler's defense are going to be, defenses at any point are going to be, incredibly aggressive. Uh, they're going to blitz a lot. They're going to put a lot of pressure on um, the passing game. And that's why, you know, as we were saying, um, the article Michael and I put up, um, as well as earlier in this podcast, like it just seems that the run game might be their best bet, but it also could be their undoing. Um, in general, you're not going to see an FCS team, unless it's like a gimmicky run offense or just one that simply has, you know, three to four stud backs who are just going to pound the hell out of uh, an FBS team. It's going to be difficult to beat uh, a team like it, even even SU, um, on just the run game alone. There's got to be another wrinkle or two um, to that run game. So we'll see. I think Cooper's good, but I, I just don't know if um, – I realized that I called him Daryl earlier. His name is Harold. Uh, <laughs> do realize that Cooper, um, you know, was a three-star uh, recruit. He's a high-quality player, but it's going to be very difficult to see him be able to carry the entire load for the Rhode Island offense um, against an, an FBS team on the road. Um, yeah, I I wish him luck, but not too much. Um, yeah, things are not going to be easy for them. Uh, just bouncing around a little bit more, and then we can kind of wrap up with uh, some predictions for the football game. Um, it does seem that uh, attendance is a little down um, this year versus last year. I think last year they managed to get um, I think well over 35,000 in the door. It looked like, looking like uh, 
attendance is covering under 30,000. Um, there's two schools of thought you can take there. One, wise game on Friday. Uh, two, uh, the, uh, or at least what I would be trolling um, and did so on Twitter earlier this morning is, uh, you know, the folks who say that you can't, um, you can't schedule FCS teams and expect people to show up. I think it's foolish. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if you tell me, hey, do you want to pay, you know, 15 to 20 bucks um, to watch your team win by 40, yes, sign me up every single time. Um, just a really, really uh, odd thing that goes on with SU fans all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that more show up than are currently slated to on Friday. Um, you know, and that SU gives a good game. I, I don't think it should matter whether it's Villanova, who we have history with in the basketball court, and they are a quality SCS squad, or Rhode Island, who we don't have any history with um, in any sport and are not really good at all. And they were 11 last year. Um, it just seems that in general, um, you know, people find excuses not to go to this one. The Friday night thing is, is really the only one you can point to um, in terms of, uh, you know, stupid factors that, that stop people. At the same time, um, you know, this one's not on TV. It's going to be the only one that you're not going to find on television um, at all, all season. And, I mean, some maybe in the Syracuse area will be able to, to find the carry. But, um, so, yeah, if you want to see this game, you're going to have to go in person. It's wild to me that you can't get enough people to fill the building. Um, given those factors, but uh, we shall see. Again, crossing my fingers that there's more um, than just the paltry numbers that they're currently quoting. Um, Last but not least, uh, again, we're going to circle back to the game. Don't worry. Uh, We have the Syracuse basketball schedule, of course, typical ACC and Syracuse. um, You know, right in the middle of you know, football kickoff and everything else. Uh, the league and the team uh, release the basketball schedule in full um, that SU gets to meet its fate this season. Um, right now, it's a, it's a challenging, challenging slate. Uh, you know, I'm, I was really uh, optimistic about it at first and kind of got dragged down a little bit into, into negativity on it. And then I think it just kind of, you know, netted out as even the fact, and this is something I put in the article yesterday, um, the fact that we don't close with um, a super, super difficult uh, collection of games. I mean, in the ACC, you're not really going to be able to take any nights off, but um, in the second half of the year, I guess, you know, starting with the Georgia Tech game when Jim Beheim is back, you know, barring appeal, shortening his uh, suspension, which I think should happen. Um, you know, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, uh, should be easier games. Florida State uh, is supposed to be better this year. Uh, they do have like three seven-footers on the roster. Um, that could be a difficult game. We face them again in the uh, at the close of the season on March 5th. Um, we do have Pitt and Louisville. NC State's tough. Carolina is uh, is a road game on Big Monday. Um, and then we have a D.C. date. So that's the second half of the schedule. I mean, again, you're not going to find like an easy slate, but that's not the worst one you can come up with. Um, to start the season, well, start the uh, ACC regular season uh, schedule. Uh, at Pittsburgh, not going to be easy, but at the same time, 
the saving grace here is that students are off campus, not going to be the zoo, so to speak, um, probably be a little more tame than normal. Uh, Miami and Clemson, uh, two teams shouldn't sleep on, but two teams that, you know, Mike Hopkins coach team should be able to get past no problem. Uh, North Carolina will be a tough game um, in early January at the Dome. And BC and Wake uh, are kind of a warm-up before a tough stretch at Duke, at Virginia, um, and versus Notre Dame. In general, again, ACC, tough schedule all around, but uh, there are some pockets there where we can really be hopeful. Um, you know, SCU also, I think, put together a nice schedule this year. I think there's also some difficulty in it, too. Um, should they manage to uh, to win Battle for Atlantis, um, that'll include victories over Charlotte, either Michigan or UConn, um, and then probably Gonzaga, maybe Washington or Texas. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at two to three quality teams, uh, quality neutral side victories far away from home uh, right off the bat. And then, uh, you know, just a week later, uh, they've got to head back home, face Wisconsin, three days later at Georgetown. Uh, they get the break with Colgate, got to head down to Madison Square Garden to face St. John's. Uh, this in general is a schedule that will test, especially non-conference, will test SU more than probably any I can remember. Um, there's just a lot of big names, tough teams. Um, and you know what? I know we said last year and we talked about, you know, how many times has SU lost, what was it, three uh, non-conference games. I think that could be a conversation that happens this year, and it could be a much better Syracuse team. Uh, I think they're more well-rounded. They're not relying on one player like they did last year. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm also trying to, you know, guard that hopefulness with the fact that a very good SU team this year could still lose 10 games. Um, you know, no problem. I mean, the, the Final Four team a couple of years ago lost 10 games and shows it's not really the end of the world. It's just kind of how the dice rolls with college sports. Um, but I guess getting to the uh, the end of the podcast, I know it's a, it's a very shortened show today. just figured it's just me. No point in belaboring things. Um, beer, quick, and then we'll, uh, you know, offer up some predictions. Haven't drank a ton in the last week or so, which, all good. A um, couple things I had. At Expatriate IPA from Three Weavers. Um, very excellent beer. They actually just bottled it um, along with four of their other staples. Uh, just grabbed a, yeah, just grabbed a bottle um, of that. That's hanging around stores in Los Angeles. Uh, had raised eyebrows. It's a uh, kumquat and passion fruit uh, sour. Um, only comes in at 4%, though. Just a really, really excellent drink. Light, refreshing. Uh, really, really enjoyed that one. It was a nice way to cap off a weekend on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and, yeah, I talk about this one all the time. Uh, 329 Lager. Uh, had it over at Dr. Stadium last night. While pitching, uh, watching uh, Leighton Kershaw, it's a gem. 132 pitches, uh, 15 strikeouts, and a win over the San Francisco Giants. Enjoyable game, really nice out, and obviously a big win over a rival. Uh, never hurts. The Dodgers take a six and a half game lead um, into a stretch run. Moving back over to football, though, as we close, um, you know, I've said this before. Syracuse um, should be fine here. Should be. Um, 
last year I was I was much less optimistic than I am this year, and that's what happens when you know Rhode Island's improving, but they're just not improving at a rate that, that should test SU. They were 111 last year, um, and really kind of just did not look great um, against anyone. Um, even Towson, that win that they had to close the season, uh, you're looking at you know a 13 to seven win. There just wasn't the, uh, the proficiency that they need, um, you know, to really feel the quality football program. Um, and that's in the CAA, never mind, you know, against an ACC team, which, you know, the jokes will come on, on that, I'm sure. But we, uh, Syracuse should be able to win. Again, what, what I want to see is can this offense function? Um, I really like what to see what uh, Brisley Esteen can do. I really want to see what Eric Phillips does in the hybrid role. Um, I really want to see how uh, how touches are kind of distributed among these running backs. Um, obviously, George Morris II and Devonta McFarlane um, are going to jump in um, and take the primary, uh, you know, touches. But um, you know, between Strickland and maybe Fredericks, you want to see if some of those freshmen get some touches, get to jump in, um, you know, and show some stuff early. Um, I know several people have uh, predicted that. Uh, you know, Strickland could take over, especially if things go south, um, could take over um, his primary ball carrier um, by midseason. I don't know if that happens necessarily, but um, I think Friday night's game will at least give us an idea that it could happen. Um, so take that for what it is. Uh, if we're looking for a prediction, um, I believe I went with 38-7. to It uh, might sound conservative, but, you know, I think SU will, you know, take their foot off the gas, sternly apply the brakes later on um, in the game if they get a lead. Um, I just think that, you know, Rhode Island doesn't have the horses up front to uh, to contend with SU's aggressive front seven. I think they're going to blitz. I think they're going to force turnovers. Um, I think they're going to force Rhode Island into some mistake-laden football um, that's ultimately going to be their undoing. Uh, like I said, Rhode Island could be a better team this year, but just not against SU. Um, I think SU's learned a lot from last season's disaster, um, the shenanigans against Villanova. I don't think you're going to see Terrell Hunt uh, thrown out of this one for, for throwing a punch. I think this is going to be a, a much less eventful game um, in terms of just excitement and activity and outside of football. It's just going to be Let's watch SU finally employ its offense, finally run it, um, you know, and finally show the ability to execute. I know offensively uh, there's only one game you could really point to that Syracuse executed well offensively uh, from start to finish. That was a CMU game. Um, and so getting this year off to a, a good start there and then potentially against Wake and Central Michigan as well could create some great momentum. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so that wraps us up here again. Quick show, but uh, that happens when you're talking to yourself. <laughs> Everyone, I know you won't be watching on TV for the most part, but the game will be on ESPN3 on Friday night. Uh, you should definitely check that out. Um, I know I'll be in the comments section. Sean probably will be too, along with several others, um, all kind of watching together, hopefully not commiserating, um, just enjoying what should be um, a one-sided matchup and a win. Uh, to start the season. Uh, so, you know, short show, but thanks for uh, listening. And yeah, go Orange. <laughs>